Drunk Girls. The podcast where two girls, no, women, on the verge of a nervous breakdown, sit around and shoot the shit. Then shoot the science in 45 minutes or less. Mm, but probably more. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jessica. And we'll be talking all things millennial, sex, relationships, and pop culture. But also the latest science studies and trends being young women in STEM. And of course, being on prescription drugs. We're a podcast for women, by women. But men can come too. seen you in how long? It's been months. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen each other since we recorded last, like, a couple weeks ago. More than that. A couple months ago. Yeah. We saw each other at Lauren's wedding. So oh, yeah. Our dear friend Lauren, who... End of August. Yeah, she was in the um, wedding episode. And her wedding was amazing. It really was. Um, Jessica was a bridesmaid, and so she got like, a totally different perspective. I was a guest with the crazy... <laughs> table um and that was a different perspective but it was it was gorgeous the weather was perfect it was like it went off without a hitch yeah everything was really magical i i mean i didn't cry but i teared up several times because it's it's one of those things where like that simon and lauren have already kind of been married to me in your mind for so long yeah, so it wasn't like, oh, look at their lives joining together. This is a glorious. Like, it wasn't like that because their lives have already been together. But um, they had a moment, oh my gosh, in their ceremony. I hope I'm not talking about it and then. I think it's okay. Secrets. I hope it's okay. Um, if not, Lauren, I'll, I'll tell her about it and then I'll cut this out. But um, before they put their rings on each other, they had put the rings in like a little satchel purse thing and had everybody hold it. It was like a warming ceremony, yeah. so we just passed the rings around through the audience, and everyone kind of put their like love wishes. and positive yeah. wishes for, for them the into the rings, and then passed it on to the next guest. It was really, really sweet. It was very sweet. JP and I held it together and passed our love to them. It was it was really really nice, and that that, that made me tear up. That was one of the first times. <laughs> Oh, I cried like a baby. Not no, I cried a little bit. You cried. Ceremony. You cried during the ceremony. I saw you. Yeah. But I also sobbed hysterically during um, speeches. Oh God, Caroline's Caroline. speech and her Peter. Ma- her mission of honor was she's a good friend. She's been they've been friends for like years. 10 years yeah. Maybe. Um. Yeah. 
oh my god yeah and she talked about how great of a friend lauren has been yeah and, and she, she was like she's like if anyone who knows lauren and who's friends with her knows that lauren is the glue and that's when i lost oh. it i was like lauren is the glue she keeps everyone and everything together because lauren's the kind of person who you can tell um understands everyone's like crazy lives and hectic schedules and so she'll always make you feel like you shouldn't feel bad for not having stayed in contact or not having you know what I mean? Like and she'll be like, this is nonsense, let's just get together. Like she'll make that initiative or take that initiative and make those steps. Um at least from my experience. Yeah. I think she keeps a lot of friendships together because she lets you live your life but then we'll come back to you and just be like so what's going on like yeah. she's a much better friend than I am because I <laughs> I know definitely with um our mutual friend Haley Epson I mean okay she lives on the other side of the world now but guilt trip her every time like yeah you need to come back home like <laughs> your life sucks there obviously so you need to come home no anyway it was a beautiful day and yeah, it was. Um, and so, what else has been happening with you, Jess? So, I had a job over the summer. Yeah. And then I basically worked there for like five weeks and gave them four days' notice and went to a competing company. Um, yeah. So, that happened. Well, okay. With like, the new company was giving me full health benefits, which, hello, I need. Yeah. And paying me more. So there was no contest. And I was saying this to you, it's like, you don't owe your old job anything, really. They wanted me to give them three months' notice no. before I was leaving. And I kind of laughed and said, and what if I don't? And she tried to intimidate me a bit, but I was like, real? I'm, I'm not showing up, so. <laughs> you don't owe them anything. Like, I get it as a business that they want, you know, the, the most ideal situation possible, which is that they can find someone to replace you in time, and they're not rushed. The thing is... I was a casual employee making minimum wage, and they were just pissed because three of us quit within the span of, like, a week of each other. Right. Which so is they, not your fault. It's not my fault. And P.S., treat your employees better. Boom. Roasted. Um, other than that, uh, I, um, actually, I just broke my finger at work the other day, and I am now in, like, a cast halfway down my arm. Yeah. For my pinky finger that will likely require surgery. <laughs> like, it's not, when she said her finger, I was like, mm, okay, maybe there's going to be a splint. Yeah, it's her whole arm. <laughs> Elbow down. Yeah. Apparently, there's a tumor in the bone, and it weakened it, and so I just I hit it on the desk at work while I was reaching for something, and it snapped, and the doctor was like, if you didn't have this tumor, like, your finger would not have broken, so. You have the most insane life. I said to her that we need to perform, like, a sage burning ceremony, <laughs> because she has the worst luck. When um, it comes to health. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in the last, like... Five, five years. years or so, your health problems have exacerbated themselves. It's like, if it's not one thing, it's another. And it's like, we're too young. You're too young. <laughs> I haven't even hit 30. Yeah. But, yeah, so that kind of sucks. So I'm in this cast for like another probably four and a half, five weeks. And, uh, and not to mention then the surgery. That you're then the have. surgery. Yeah. 99% sure I need surgery. So that's... That's been my life. I, like, can't put a bra on. I can't do my hair. Like, my mom has to get up at, like, 6 a.m. and help me get dressed for work. It's kind of embarrassing, but Which, she's been good. Yeah, great on mom, because... Thank God I don't live alone. Yeah. And I told my coworkers, I was like, if my mom happens to go away, like, y'all are going to have to do me up in the mornings before work. 
I'll do it on my way to, I, I pass through your neighborhood when I go to school. So. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we'll do it. I'll, I'll come over, I'll have a good dress. Can you get back? That's so creepy. Um, what about you? So I kind of had another breakdown, but it's okay. I'm fine. I uh, was working three jobs. I was working two jobs in the summer and then got a TAing job again in the fall. And so I ended up in September working three jobs and being in school full time. Uh, and this is the semester where I write my comprehensive exams um, for dietetics. So I have that on top of my classes as well as my, um, I guess my laundry, as well as uh, a couple other things. I have a lit review and I've got some research on the go. So yeah, so it's life's crazy. So I quit one of my jobs. Um, yeah. A job that I've been at for like 10, 11 years. And it was so hard to do, especially because, you know, the people that I work with, I loved and my boss I loved and I didn't want to leave. But it was like, I think it was again that I didn't owe, I don't owe my jobs anything. Yeah. I give the appropriate amount of time. And warning, you know what I mean? But ultimately, I had to take care of myself. And it wasn't worth sacrificing my mental health, my, you know, my personal life, my my professional life, and then, yeah, my education with that. So that's what's been going on with me. Um, Just muscling through, not getting out of bed. (laughs) Have to. Yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, I see my doctor uh, to talk about some dosages for my depression, and because it's kind of full force. But we just legalized uh, in like a week. In, yeah, in like a week. So I'm excited to try some things and see if they work. Yay, Canada! <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. So I really want to talk about a work life. Which, Which is, is why this is, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to get back to the schedule. So our latest episode, I think that's up right now, is talking about dieting, which, which is my domain, yeah. my field. Yeah. Um, so part two will be up next week. We just want to kind of get this out of the way to explain our absence. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be uploading every week, which is great um, going forward. And uh, yeah. That's, That's the plan. plan. That's anyway. the plan. <laughs> Until maybe I have surgery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Um, Jessica, hi. <laughs> right? Okay, so talking about work-life balance, it's something that everybody everybody talks about in a professional setting. They're like, you know, that should be the number one thing. You know, jobs, when people look for jobs, that's the thing that they look for. You know, do they have some sort of EAP or do they have some sort of, you know, structural support network where people can find that work-life balance. But I want to kind of get back to the basics and talk about what even that is. Yeah. Um, so I looked up, literally looked up work-life balance um, in the Canadian Mental Health Association, like, compendium. And it says here, um, it doesn't even talk about what even it is. It just says it's a balance, literally, between work and life. But the thing that sort of struck me was that it says that 58% of Canadians report overload associated with their many roles. It could be in work, it could be in home, family, friends, their physical health, 
Um, and then this is hilarious, but they're volunteering community service. I would love to volunteer, but I have no fucking time. <laughs> like, yeah, no. What volunteering? Um, you know, it says like, oh, here are some signs. Do you feel like you've lost control of your life, Justin? <laughs> Did I ever have control? <laughs> right? Do you often feel guilty about neglecting your different roles? Yep. Literally yes. every day. <laughs> Do you frequently find it difficult to concentrate on the task at hand? I'm a, I'm one of those like start and stop. Like I'll start something and I'll be like, oh my god, I ha- I'm not even close to. See, I can't do that. Thing. I have to just do one thing at a time. I'm a mess. No, I I have to start things and then I feel guilty about the fact that not everything is as as complete as the other. Mm. So I have to work on multiple things at the same time. And it's I've always been that way. Like I. When I was younger, it was it manifested itself into like reading. Yeah, I've always had multiple books on the go, and I still do. Um, I'm the complete opposite. Yeah, I, I, like right now, I think I have four or five right now. Jeez. And but as a kid, I would have like up, it's <laughs> it's clinical almost. Like I would have like upwards of like five to ten Jeez. books on the go. Because, and not just because I would pick one up and then be like, oh, but I really wanted to start this one, and that one's not as complete. Yeah. Wow. I never knew that about you. Uh, and then, are you always tired? Hey, um, fucking man. I don't even know what tired is anymore. It's just a state of my being. <laughs> so, um, you know, it says here, this is actually something that's interesting. So there was a um, uh, report, I guess, like a consumer report, from, or a business report, actually, from Stevens and Joubert in 2001 that said... Okay, the direct and indirect economic burden of mental illnesses in Canada was estimated to be $14.4 billion in 1998. It's only growing. But apparently the work-life balance is good for business. Interesting. Yeah. So this is something that I think almost like capitalism hasn't really caught up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This idea that like you just have to work, 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 and that if you can't find someone to, to be as productive, you find someone else, you know? There's yeah. always going to be people lined up for jobs. It's like, no, actually, perhaps you might be more productive with you don't work as many hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is something that I think a lot of other countries get right. Yeah, they've adopted, like, the four-day work week, and people are more efficient when they are working, but they have the longer weekend to kind of, or they take, like, a midweek day off. Yes. Oh, if I could have a Wednesday off. A Wednesday off. That would make such a difference. Yeah. Even a half day. Yeah. Right? Because it breaks up your week. Yeah. Um... So this kind of leads me to my next article from the Headhunters. It's um like a business blog. Okay. And so this post talks about the work life balance difference between Europe and Canada. Mm. Okay. And so um in North America it says that the trend um is that according to according to this Health Canada two thousand nine report on work life balance, it indicates that twenty five percent of Canadians working in large organizations experience conflicts between work and family. No surprise there. It seems that, uh, you know, think about lawyers, okay? In law, they work usually around 50 hours per week. And that's usually for the people who are already established, right? Like, we're not talking junior partners or I don't even know how the the chain works. But, you know, the ones that come up, they're working twice as much, if not more. And it's almost, um, that idea is almost like the more hours you work, the more valued you are. Yeah. Which is really kind of the opposite. I feel like it's like, I, I always live by the work smarter, not harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theory, and 
And I want to come back to this because this is something that I'm definitely experiencing. Um, but the depression rate in Canadian lawyers is exponentially higher, higher than, than a lot of the other professions. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. So they're, you know, they're working so many hours, they're productive, but their depression is through the roof. Yeah. So what does that say about the profession itself? Yeah. Right? Um, so countries like Germany and France, okay, are constantly rated uh, among Europe's most productive countries. And so per the term productive is not restricted to volume of output alone. Rather, it means that they're more efficient at production when their output is correlated with the total number of hours worked in the nation. So less is more when yeah. it comes to European productivity. And it's a good quality work. Yes. You know, um, it was a 2014 French labor agreement between unions and employers that ensured that around 250,000 French consultants assured, insured, sorry, voluntarily that they could not be overworked. I friggin' love this. Um, so the French union representatives basically checked on business emails and smartphones um, and that idea that you can't have a work phone after 5 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, honey. The amount of, I mean, I literally, in this podcast, just got an email from a student that I have to answer after this podcast. Um, that there could be hours that you absolutely, like today's a holiday right now. Yeah. Um, it's insane to me. Yeah. It really, really is. Um, so, because obviously with like smartphones and the advent of them, now people can work. From, from anywhere, anywhere. And at any time. Yeah. And so this idea of like being accessible mm -hmm. is is a new thing that is seemingly more attractive and yet it's kinda of, it's like a weird it's like a weird thing. Catch twenty two almost. Yeah. Because you know, it's funny because I work we we talked about this actually in the technology episode where it's like I work from my phone mm -hmm. almost exclusively and it's like one of those things where they say, you know, Almost, you shouldn't um, mold your work with play. So, you know, you shouldn't bring work to bed. It's like I bring work to my phone where I also play. Yeah. So it's yeah. like a weird, like, play doesn't end. It just sort of melts in with, <laughs> with work. work. Um, but I'm always accessible, and it's to a fault because I'm always, always, always answering emails. I've always got things on the on, on my go. brain and yeah. on the go, and it just never ends. Yeah. And I think that's definitely contributing to my mental state right now. Yeah. For sure. So this idea, okay, of working um, 45 hours a week. Okay, so, okay, this idea came from Harvard researchers that have suggested that North American managers who should work 45 hours a week at most usually work 88 hours, okay, um, if emailing on handheld devices is factored in. And I, I'll tell you right now, like, I won't say what company it is, but where JP works, he's a manager, he's salaried, and so he should be working actually 37 and a half hours. Yeah, not even 40, 37 and a half. Yeah, and that man, I mean, and he's, he's the best one, or one of the better ones out of the pool of managers, because some of the other ones stay even longer than he does. Mm -hmm. They're pulling 12-hour days, five, six days a week. Yeah. And, and they're not getting paid. They're not getting paid overtime. 
And it's, it's like, there's this culture around them that's like, okay, well, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, work 40 hours, but this, 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 this needs to be done. In those 40 hours, and it's impossible. And it's absolutely impossible, and so then they guilt trip you. Yeah. And if they can convince one to stay longer, then you look bad for not staying longer. Exactly. Which is so <sighs> wrong. I, you know what? Okay, so so talking about this work-life balance, um, and more hours is more, okay? Mm-hmm. It's so part of the culture in academia. And it's part of the reason why I don't want to keep pursuing academia and why I'm really, like, grad school has kind of made me really disenchanted with that idea. Like, some people thrive. And don't get me wrong, I think the work that I'm doing has motivated me and I've thrived in that sense. But the the culture itself, especially because I go to an institution that's very um, highbrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe I would find this in a different school. Definitely, I think, in one of my undergrads. Uh, universities it wouldn't be like this at all um but it's expected that we put in so many hours that to me just seems incredibly impossible and my peers and I have had like endless conversations about this that the expectations are so high and it's not about the quality of work but it's about the number of hours that we put in and I just say you know what there are not enough hours in the day and the fact that they constantly especially one of the faculty professors constantly telling us that we shouldn't be working is so privileged and so problematic. Yeah. I don't even know where to even begin to unpack that idea. Where it's like, excuse me, person, you have been so far removed for what it's like to be a student, especially in this day and age, when it's not even comparable when you account for inflation, how expensive school is. Living and school. Yeah. Yeah. For a young person. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that my student loans that I've been in school for so long. Yeah. So you telling me that I shouldn't be working, okay, because that'll free up time for me to be able to, to fulfill all of my school commitments is so myopic <laughs> and just so fucking privileged. I literally just want to shake this person. Yeah. Like, oh. And it was the same when I was doing my teacher's college. Yeah. We weren't allowed to work. And how am I going to pay for this degree? Yeah, and P.S. Yeah. When I get out of this degree, I'm not going to walk into a full time job. Right. I'm going to be supply teaching. Yeah. I don't, don't know, know when I'm going to have work, so I'm going to have to work two jobs anyway. Mm-hmm. Might as well start now. Let's <laughs> start getting a serving job while I'm in school because I'm still going to need it when I graduate. Working from 5 p.m. until 1 a.m. Two in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And getting up and going to school. Because you get the phone call in the middle of your shift at the night before. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Chances are you're getting it at 6.30 in the morning, though. Or that, yeah. Even worse. Oh, God. (sighs) So, needless to say, I think there's, like, this huge transgenerational issue that exists right now between people who have expectations of what it means to be a student and those who are actually students in today's age. Um... And so there's a lot of pressure to be putting the most amount of hours into our workload that are just impossible for some people. Because you know what? Uh, there's about two or three of us out of my cohort of 10 who have jobs. And I'm the only one who works full time. Um, so everyone else, they're putting in quality work. Yeah. And I'm not. 
And now I'm I have the same grades that Amy did. Yeah. However, I'm criticized, I'm telling you, by this, especially this one prof, so much more. She's constantly berating my work. Yeah. Constantly. And I have not ever confided in her about my mental health issues. She's definitely not uh, helping the matters. No. And she's on my case all the time. I just had to hand in a, a five-page report on all the things that I missed in a case study that I was working on. Not graded. It doesn't affect my grade. She just wants me to hand it in. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> it's mind-blowing to me. And this person, actually, her research is centered around, uh, like, the helping relationship and, uh, you know, the relationship between preceptors or teachers and students and fostering positive relationships. That's ironic. Her, yeah, isn't that amazing? She is, I call I don't want to say what I call her, but she's, she's not making my life easy. At all. At all. And I... I hate every second that I'm there because of her. And I think that someone has that power. You know what? I'm making her have that power over me. Yeah. And it's something that I can change. But I have to get out of this, like, cycle of negativity. Yeah. Which is really hard to do. Yeah. Because you're still in it every day. Yeah. And, like, because my depression has been dipping lower... I see myself, like, just not being able to fight it, and I'm just, like, it's just a slippery, I'm just yeah. slipping under. Yeah. It's not a good look for me. Yeah. I'm a hot mess. Um, yeah, so that's that article. I, the more and more I sort of continue uh, in school, I'm like, man, you know, I should just have a job, doing whatever, making minimum wage. I gotta tell you. Yeah. Like, I'm a receptionist. And you're kind of loving it? And, like, I leave work at work for the most part. I think there's been one night where, and don't get me wrong, my work is chaotic right now. We don't have a manager. It's It's a bit of a gong show. There's a transition happening, and it's a little bit of a gong show. And I think my old clinic manager was kind of taking it out on me one day, and... That, just because of who I am as a person, yeah, I brought home with me. But every other day, I'm like, 3.30, peace, Bye. I'll see you tomorrow at 7.30. Like, yeah. not a care in the world. It's great. I want that for myself. Because you know what? There is so much more to life. Yeah. Work is just one small aspect, and then some people don't work. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like such a small aspect. It could be a large aspect. Some people make their careers their whole lives, yeah. and that's awesome that they And it fulfills that. them. Yeah. But what fulfills me is the other stuff. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I love what I do, and I, I, I'm hoping, actually, to do um, a uh, part of my stage with someone in private care, but um, we'll see, and, like, consultations and stuff like that, we'll see. So, I would love to be able to, I'd love to be able to have both. Yeah. Um, find something that, I know the field itself moves me, but, like, find a job. A nine to five that really moves me because otherwise I'm just like you know what I'm super fucking cool working at a grocery store. Yeah, I, I honestly am like yeah. full time and enjoying my life and leave work at work. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> I and like, like 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 you talk about like work emails. Like 
I run the email at work and like I have access to it, but I don't check it. Yeah. I refuse. Nope. I'll check it at seven thirty in the morning when I start. Cause I can't. I can't. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and I'm not being paid to check it at home. So. Well, that's just it, right? But but here's the thing. Even if let's just say you be paying salary. Hmm. It's like there's this weird expectation that if you are now being paid to check in yeah. outside of work hours, but no, 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 no. No. Your salary contract says For those 40, 40 hours. hours a week or whatever it is. Yeah. So if, if you make those hours during, you know, the, the week day. or whatever, during the day, then those are the hours that you are available. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or fucking buts. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... I, I think we've kind of beat this horse dead, dead because I was gonna I was gonna then quote this paper that I found um, in Medical Education Online Journal about stressors that are facing sorry stressors that medical students are facing in the millennial generation. But I think we've kind of already touched on it. This idea that like you know the workforce looks different. Yeah. Um, than how it used to, and the expectations are higher. And I, you know what? I've always had guilt that um, I haven't been. I've always loved to be. Cause I, okay, ever since ever since I started uh, kindergarten, which is in the states, like what do they call it, primary school or preschool no. or whatever. Yeah, they, have, they have kindergarten. They, they do. Years, but. Literally, since I entered into the school system, I've always been uh, the smart person. Like, I've always been, like, right. A high achiever. Yeah. And I've thrived on that. And I've loved it. I've loved being the the kid who got, you know, special homework or extra assignments. And I've always loved impressing people. Geek. (laughs) It's okay. Me too. Me too. Well, that's why I'm feeling comfortable talking about it. Um, So... Now it's like I kind of see how bullshit it all is. Yeah. Because it's like, why am I creating more work for myself just so that I can impress you? Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, what, what value does that? Like, like, no. Exactly. And if it's if it's something like I'll do research if it's something that uh, I see will help. You know, I can learn from it or whatever. Like that's not the issue. The issue is living up to someone else's expectations when those expectations are literally making you sick. Yeah. Um, and and I, kind of arbitrary. Like, yeah. And so now that I'm sort of nearing the end of grad school, it's like I, I just, there are some things that I just won't do anymore. And I'm just like, nope. Yeah. Like, this, too bad. Yeah, this thing that I could do would make me look really great, but sorry. Not I don't worth have, it to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the capacity right now. Yeah. And that's okay. And it doesn't mean I'm lazy. It means that I am taking care of yourself. Exactly. I am smart enough to recognize that doing this extra thing will push me over the edge and that I need to take care of myself. Yeah. Yep. Good for you because a lot of people can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes practice. It and you do feel practice. guilt sometimes. I feel guilt all the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I think we'll end with um, this Forbes article that says the six things that you can do for a better workplace. Okay. So hopefully this will empower us and empower anybody else going through this issue. Because uh, I think we're all fucked, right? <laughs> it's, it's always a work of improvement. Yes. So, number one, let go of perfectionism. Oh! Yeah. 
that's really hard because a lot of the time it's just entrenched in who you are yes. as a human being. I mean, this article says something about how over- overachievers develop perfectionist tendencies at a young age. Yeah. Amen. And it's all you know. It's all you know. And so it's like demands on school, your hobbies, your after school job, and literally every aspect of your life, your relationships. Relationships. The, be the perfect girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm con- it, it, I hate this about myself, but I'm constantly asking if I'm a shit girlfriend. Yeah. Because I know I am. It's not like, I, I don't know why I'm asking for validation, because I know he's just going to give me this bullshit answer of like, you're amazing. You're lovely. No. <laughs> I'm horrid. Okay. No. <laughs> um... Yeah, so the key, it says, to avoid burning out is to let go of perfectionism. And as life gets more expanded, it's very hard, both neurologically and psychologically, to keep the habit of perfection going. Yeah. You burn out. Exactly. The happier option, it says, is to strive not for perfection, but for excellence. And, like, (laughs) you're only human. Yeah. And excellence is subjective. It's not objective. Yeah. So you're trying your best. And if it's not good enough for someone, then... That's their problem. They can go elsewhere. Yeah. Poo-poo on you. <laughs> okay, number two is unplug. <laughs> I have no problem with this. I love unplug. I love not having my cell phone. Yeah, you're the kind of person who camps, though. I'm not good I can that. go camp. I can go to a cottage for a week and not have electricity, and I am over the moon. What do you do? Read. <laughs> I listen to nature. And? Sleep. Play cards, <laughs> stare at the fire, cook. It's actually really nice. You need to take me. I do. But I need to take you somewhere with running water. So I'll take you to, like, a provincial park or something that has toilets and showers. Whereas, like, when I go, I tend to go, like, backwoods with nothing. Okay, but no, wait. Like, I need more squat. than just water. I need, like, a cabin. No, no. No. No, 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 no. no. You'll be in a tent on an air mattress with me. I wish you could see my face right now. <laughs> It's pretty hilarious. Um, no. We'll negotiate, but I'll be in nature. I don't, I don't cabin. <laughs> we cabined before. We cabined with Warren. Okay, no, that's a cottage. Oh. That's not camping. I thought it was camping. <laughs> no, that's like a luxury cottage, honey. Oh, oh my gosh. They had a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Oh, honey. I never grew up, listen, I never even grew up with cottages or anything, so I don't know where this came from, but honey. <laughs> I just don't, I don't camp. Anyway, but I do like the idea of unplugging. I just don't know if I could. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I understand, obviously, blah, 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 the benefits of like talking and like doing, doing real things. I just feel like. My, you know what? You know what's my problem is that my de-stressor are the fun things I do on my phone, which it's is your intertwined escape. with the work things I do on my phone. Yes. Because I will stop halfway, you know, let's say I'm doing some stupid, you know, BuzzFeed quiz or whatever, and I'm enjoying my life, and then I get this work email, and so I answer the work email, and then I check out my calendar and see what I have to do, and then I get stressed out about, you know what I mean? So it's like my playtime is interrupted with work, and then it no longer becomes play. So, so basically, we need to sign out from all of your email accounts. I should get it off my phone. Eh? Yeah. Wow. That concept is wild. <laughs> oh, it's a sad world we live in. I don't even use. I have two crazy. laptops, and I don't even really use them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we, we could change, change that. that. We should. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Exercise and meditate. Okay. This is also something I need to work on. So I don't have a gym membership. I went to this amazing gym in Ottawa. Okay. And it was so effing expensive. Yeah. So I gave up my membership because I just, I like, cannot afford it. But I recently changed phone plans, so I have a little bit more spending money in my budget. You have, really a, you have a gym where you work. I do. And it's For five, five bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> Very affordable. And I'm supposed to get a membership for there, too. Oh, so really? Let's go together. The thing is, like, I'm going to be going at 3.30 every day. Okay. You're not around. Okay. Do you, do you see the issue here? Yeah. Well, we could, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Also, I'm not paying for it until after surgery, because... <laughs> F that noise. Yeah. Okay, fair. Um, but yeah, you're right. I totally should. And I was thinking of maybe I thought um, there was a similar gym closer to my house, but yeah. it's the more it's a different one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I should go to the one at work. Mm-hmm. But see, I loved having this, like being able to like take a shower. Never mind the fact that I live literally a ten minute drive from work, so I can just get in my car and go shower. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. I, I need to go to this gym. We're signing up. Okay. Um But meditating. There are apparently a ton of apps out there that are free. Yes. And what honestly, okay, I have headspace. Okay. Yeah. Um and honestly, I don't do it every day. Yeah. But if I like catch myself feeling anxious, I will take and do like a three even three minutes of just breathing. Literally just breathing. Huh. And it prompts you and tells you how to do it. <laughs> if you don't know how to breathe, but yeah. And it'll be like focus, like body scan, like start at your head, work your way down, feel like your legs pressed against the chair, focus on that. And it just is working right now as you're talking. Right? <laughs> Try it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. We should do this. I do it in bed. Sometimes I'm like, like trying to go to sleep, and I'm like, no, I can't sleep. I just do it. Well, okay. So it says here, um, this researcher from the Mayo Clinic recommends dedicating a few chunks of time each week to self-care, whether it's exercise, yoga, or meditation. Because if you're really pressed for time, start small with a few breathing exercises. Just so you're almost a fucking guru from yeah. the Mayo Clinic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hire me, please. There you go. Start small with deep breathing exercises during your commute, a quick five-minute meditation session, morning and night, or replacing drinking alcohol with a healthier form of stress reduction. I stopped drinking alcohol. You stopped drinking. You didn't even drink at the wedding. I didn't even drink at the wedding. I, I was shocked and appalled. I know. And I was with the drinker table. Yeah, you were. There were some drunkards at that table. There were, oh, honey, they were drunk. They were, they drank all of the alcohol at that wedding. Um, yeah, I didn't drink and I felt amazing. Yeah. I just, it's not for me anymore. Yeah. Which is. You're on my bandwagon. I know. I have a beer a couple times a year. That's about it. Yeah. Well, lately, actually, we've been getting into non-alcoholic beers. Okay. And maybe I should give you one if you want to try one. Mm -hmm. Because we, it's from President's Choice, actually. And they have a blonde lager and a red. Okay. Um, Both are great. I like the blonde because it's a little lighter tasting. Yeah. Um, But it it tastes exactly like it. My dad used to drink Excel, I think. Off stuff. Really? Awful. I've never tried it. Non alcoholic beer. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can get it at Metro. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He said Metro and you lost. Yeah. 
I'll let yeah, I'll send you one uh someone home with you. Okay. So okay. The next one. We're almost there. Limit time wasting activities and people. Ooh. And people. Time I'm a time waster. A me too. I enjoy wasting time with other people. Yeah. <laughs> so that's tough for me. I should be studying right now. <laughs> yeah. But this isn't wasting time. This is okay, so I don't know about this. I'm reading this whole thing of like time wasting people. Like I think much deeper than maybe this intends <laughs> us to read it. But the idea of like some people wasting your time is something that I'm starting to get used to. Yeah. Of like I I'm putting into this relationship and not getting anything out of it. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I, I saw something actually the other day that was like. There's a difference between people who make time for you versus, I'm paraphrasing it horribly, but like versus people who don't have time. I don't know. It was something like that. It was like, it was like people, I, I definitely, there are people in my life who um, won't take the time to say like, hey, we like, let's hang out. You are distant. Like, yeah. let's spend time together. Versus people who are always like, oh, I'm so busy. You know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm really busy. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, those yeah. kind of people. And don't get me wrong. Like, I think <laughs> the numbers are a lot smaller because I'm so insular right now with school. Yeah. But um, I'm starting to, like, really want to put my time into people who have time for me. Yeah. 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 And not feel, like, selfish about that. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. I feel like I started doing that. Uh, I'd say towards the end of my undergrad, yeah, my yeah. first undergrad, my circle of friends shrunk a lot, mm-hmm. and it was not anything that they had done necessarily to right. offend me or hurt me, but I just said, I'm not getting what I need out of this. Why bother? This relationship is not reciprocal. No. So why am I putting so much energy into making it work? Or this relationship is so superficial. Yeah. Why am I, you know, sacrificing important time with other people to make this superficial friendship last yeah and also some people are fucking draining yeah i can think of a person in my life i'll tell you later but uh who is so negative see and i struggle because i feel like i'm that person to some no i feel like i'm a very negative person no i think there's a difference between being a negative person and then being a realist i think you're a realist because the, you have, it's almost like, do people have reason to be negative? But, like, there's a lot of fucking shit that's going on <laughs> in your life. But versus the kind of people who, like, every single time you talk to, I mean, every single time I talk to this person that I'm thinking of, yeah. it's like, there's just, they're exhausted for everything. Every, yeah. every single thing that's going on in their life, it's this big production, and they, they are a talker. It's like they just don't mm. stop talking about themselves and their problems. Yeah. And don't stop for one second to be like, and how are you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's a draining person. Yeah. I bitch and moan about a lot of stuff, but I no, always I, try to be like, okay, but what's going on with you? I, I think this isn't to blow smoke up your butt, but I think you are one of the, like, best friends a person can have. Really? <laughs> that almost brought tears to my head. Me too. Like, like... There, I've never had a friend like you, ever in my life, and I like, and not just outside. I think also outside of my world, I think 
you are the kind of person that's like a rare person. Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bitch. She, she will check up on you all the time, see if you're okay. She is the most giving friend <laughs> anyone can have. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks, I'm over it. Um, <laughs> so number five is change the structure of your life. Okay. So, like, what changes can make your life easier? I mean... <laughs> can I just quit my job and right. school and <laughs> win the lottery? Um, Go live off the land on a foreign island? <laughs> yeah, I don't, like, easier in what sense? <laughs> right? Well, they're saying things like, um, you know, as higher sort of uh, stresses with jobs and, you know, think about the number of trips to the grocery store, the deal, the deal, the daily meal preparations, all the things in your life, you know, if you have kids driving kids to appointments oh, and, yeah. and, you know, sports and whatever, it's like all that adds stress to your life. So literally compartmentalize every single aspect of your life that's giving you stress or even the ones that aren't and find patterns and habits. And cut it down. Yeah, yeah, cut it down and parse it. Um, and that's so these things are called structural changes. Okay. I think this is something I need to do, but I don't know how to do it. Like that, that thing is overwhelming. It, it, yeah. And like the ideas, even coming up with ideas to do it can be overwhelming. Yeah. And then putting that into practice and finding help to help you make those changes could be tough. Like, when you've got kids, if yeah. you're, you know, driving three kids to hockey and soccer and gymnastics every week, mm-hmm. a change you can make is, like, finding a way to carpool. Right, and getting another parent to help, yeah. And, like, but even setting that up can add stress. Yeah. Cause and then to... a parent forgets, and then you're stuck, and then, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to be like, fuck it, I'll just do it myself. Well, we, and we as women have that tendency. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't trust my man. <laughs> yeah, even today, even today, I woke up this morning, which is a, a terrible habit, but I woke up this morning, I put, and opened up Facebook, and I saw in one of the groups that I'm in, a woman posted about how to get, this is disgusting, but how to, it's so true, it's life, but how to get that um, hair grease smell out of your husband's pillow. Oh. Because here's the thing, and I was overwhelmed with how many women commented that they had the same issue, because I, I mean... I don't know if this is, like, gender-specific, but I have always taken a shower before bed because yeah. I love to smell good in bed. Yeah. Like, I love my or bed Or even just nice. get the grime off. Or just to get, yeah, the get the grime of the day off. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same way. And so, the, and, but my, I thought my of someone calling into my that. bed. Think about it. The first time. And, like, I don't share pillows for that exact reason. Yes. So, the first time we started sharing a bed together when he was staying over, it was like, Gonna and he's got like a full beard. <laughs> oh. You never think about these things. JP, I love you, but honey, <laughs> just rinse off. Right? He rinses off, but he doesn't use soap all the time. And so during the day, it's fine, but like, I, I mean, I'm washing our, our bed sheets right now, and it's like, he has his pillows, and I will not use those pillows. Yeah. No matter how many times I wash those pillows, those are his pillows. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's gross. And so many women were like, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. And they were offering, you know, soak in vinegar, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Perform a ritual. Like, <laughs> oh <my laughs> there God. were techniques. And so, um, I don't even know why we're talking about this, but this idea. 
I said something about, like, I don't trust my man to do it. Oh, do of, it women, of women just doing it themselves. Yeah. So we have to do everything from washing pillows to, because they would not, I mean, how many men would wash their sheets? Oh, like twice a year, maybe. <laughs> because somebody told them they had to. And probably because they were having a little fun. Or something, yeah. Something on their sheets there. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's disgusting. So needless to say, especially as women, we need to take a time out and say, nope, these changes need to happen, and not feel guilty about them. Yeah. Amen. Right? So then the last one is start small and build from there. Yeah, that's how you I approach anything in life. I'm not keen on big change. Yeah. Just make little big steps. Which I'm working on. Yeah. Because it's hard. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's our show. Okay. A lot longer than I thought it would be. It was a good, good like, to jump back in. Yeah. To talk about all the reasons. This was kind of draining, but in a good way. Yeah. To talk about all the reasons why we've been neglecting this show. But we will be back next week, I promise, with part two. And part two is real good, real interesting. Yeah. I promise we won't stick to the keto craze. Although I'm sure we're going to revisit it another time. Oh, my God. We can't not. We can't not. Yeah. Anyway, stay cool. Don't break any fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe. Breathe. Do some meditation. Exercise. And start small. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Two Drugged Girls podcast with Rachel and Jessica. This podcast has been brought to you by no current sponsors, so connect with us at twodruggedgirlspodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud and leave us a review. Don't forget to catch our next episode. Stay cool. Bye.